Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. This week's topic is dealing with change, or as I phrased it, coping with messy change. Let me tell you where I got that title from. A few years back, I heard the Canadian speaker and author Robin Sharma share this quote about change, and it stopped me in my tracks when I heard it. Uh, Robin Sharma, he was speaking at the Pendulum Summit here in Dublin. And when I went back over my notes, I'd seen that I'd circled this, which, of course, is my code for pay attention to this one, maybe contemplate it, share it with others. Robin Sharma, of course, is most famous for his book, The uh, Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Uh, And in recent weeks, I've been thinking of this quote again. So let me give it to you. Uh, As Robin Sharma said, all change is hard at first, messy in the middle and gorgeous at the end. It's a different way of looking at it. All change is hard at first, messy in the middle and gorgeous at the end. Now, at the present time, there just seems to be so much change, upheaval, turmoil, chaos in the world. Uh, coronavirus, the economical and societal changes that are ongoing. Of course, you have climate change always looming. Uh, cultural changes from the Me Too movement to Black Lives Matter. Uh, volatile politics in so many parts of the world, including the the US, Uh, managing uncertainty and feelings of nervousness and anxiousness that goes with these seismic changes is a skill that we're all being forced to learn. Uh, Change is a reality in our lives, perhaps like never before, you know, and all of this has come quickly on the heels of the last big economic crash 10 years ago uh, as a result of the property bubble. Uh, Many institutions that we took for granted, once bastions of stability, are now the butt of jokes. You know, even if you take the Catholic Church here in Ireland, within my lifetime, what was once the all-pervasive power is now viewed as out of tune or at worst criminal or complicit in criminal activity. So in this week's episode, I want to explore what doesn't work when we're dealing with massive change and going through times of uncertainty, and then share with you a few strategies which support, maybe we could view them as handrails for navigating this unusual, unprecedented period of change. So if we think of it at a personal level, you know, perhaps up to recently, many of us felt we were on track. You know, we had a vision of where we were headed or maybe at minimum we were coasting along and we were following what we thought was perhaps a proven path to success. Now, many people, through no fault of their own, who had a a career plan and certainty, find that in some cases torn to shreds. You know, you've graduates leaving college, you know, maybe plans to travel overseas or they had good degrees and they realise that the jobs that they were hoping to secure are maybe no longer available. You know, or even professional people who did everything right in their careers find that they're now on a vastly reduced salary or for the first time in their lives uh, receiving social welfare. And, And this is difficult change. You know, at a business level as well, you have businesses where clients maybe just came in their door uh, and now they're having to seek new ways of generating cash flow. Change, which at times in the past, I know in my own life, you know, you could view change as a choice. 
Uh, and of course, if it's a choice, it's it's easier to deal with. Um, but when it's imposed upon us, it's a very harsh, painful reality. And of course, our instinct is to resist change because instinct, instinctively we associate change with losing something, you know, a sense of loss. Uh, but when change is no longer an option, you know, trying to grasp onto those realities really just leads to suffering and the old approaches don't work. So what are those old approaches that maybe we have to put to one side? I'm someone who likes certainty and feelings of being in control, and I don't think I'm unique with that. And of course, it is something that I'm always working on myself. But that's the first thing that we have to park when we're in times of big, messy, difficult change. And that's assuming certainty. You know, the game has changed. The world has changed. Life has changed. It's like you've got BC and AC before COVID and after COVID. And therefore, many of the old rules for managing a business or for managing our own careers may no longer be valid. And rather than bemoaning the economic turndown, you know, maybe we just have to get curious around new opportunities that are out there, new possibilities. So when we're faced with change, sometimes all we can try to lean into is to explore possibilities through the lens of curiosity. You know, notice what's changing, what's not, what's new, what we know, what it is we don't know. So that first point around assuming certainty is is a scary one. Um, there is the great quote by Tony Robbins, which goes, the quality of your life is directly proportional to the amount of uncertainty you're comfortable with. Now, that's a deep one. I'll have to say it again. The quality of your life is directly proportional to the amount of uncertainty you're comfortable with. And I know for me, that's something that for a while I've been trying to to settle into a little more. Um, it, it feels now as if I don't have a choice. So I'm looking to form a new relationship with uncertainty. So how do I feel or how can I feel a little bit more comfortable when I'm not sure what's happening? And that's that's a big question, but one that's worth uh, contemplating. The second thing that doesn't really work during times of big change is just trying to keep our heads down. You know, it's almost like ostrich syndrome. We bury them in our ha- in, in the sand. You know, oftentimes we we revert to comfort zone. And for many people, that's about working harder. But working harder may no longer be the answer. You know, if you keep working the way you always worked, doing the same things, approaching the same situations in the same way, you know, you may not be doing the right thing or the most effective thing in the first place. And it's interesting, and I would have shared this with you in previous episodes, particularly the ones where at the outset of COVID-19, I shared many different reflection questions or there was ones around the new interpretation a few episodes back of Vision 2020 and how do we want to emerge from our cocoons. And those questions really for me were shining a light on the old ways I had, particularly of working within my business and what aspects are no longer relevant or valid, uh, what ones no longer fuel me. You know, and at this time of change, can I look to, um, how would I say it, shape the change where I perhaps have some, some wiggle room of making decisions myself, as opposed to just reacting to the change that the, that the world has imposed upon us. So that second thing that we have to question during times of change is just doing the same old, same old and something, you know, hoping something different happens. You know, that old definition of madness. 
uh, trying to keep our heads down, but sometimes we can be ignoring what opportunities or possibilities are there and and trying to stick with a reality that is no longer relevant or valid, as I say. Most people's common response to feelings of uncertainty and when faced with change is one of stress. So something else that we can question and sometimes maybe need to move beyond is our old stress management strategies. Now, great if they are continuing to work for you. But I know for me, I've had to adjust them in recent times. You know, so in times of big change around job losses, reduced income, changing working conditions, you know, old ways of coping with stress just may no longer be sufficient. Uh, when we feel under threat, either physically or when our sense of identity is under threat, you know, so we're questioning who we are and our place in the world, our brain moves into survival mode. And in this fight, flight, or sometimes freeze mode, uh, our decision making will not be the most rational. So to make rational decisions, sometimes the first thing we need to do is look for having ways of managing our own state and managing our stress in the short term. For me, again, it's interesting because I'm no novice when it comes to mental strategies and stress management. But I've actually recently only just signed up for a stress management course. Uh, It's one that's health related because, as many of you know, I'm I've been dealing with a cancer diagnosis and I'm in the system for that and things are being checked early and, you know, receiving treatment, etc. Um, but there's still a lot of stress and anxiousness that goes with it. And a lot of the techniques that I had and applied, I'm not sure where they're getting a little stale for me or that I just need to try something new. So I said, let's give this a go. And I reached out to ARC services, you know, who operate some fantastic programs. And I've participated in some of their workshops and I have to say I've gotten great benefit from it. But oftentimes for me, once I know I'm doing something to improve a situation, the very fact that I made the decision to sign up for a few courses in itself is um, is, is is worthwhile. But that's something that we do need to contemplate in times of change. How are we supporting ourselves? How are we managing our own stress levels? And when that maybe is heightened, Perhaps we need some new techniques as well. Okay, so if we've looked at maybe what doesn't work or doesn't really work anymore during times of uncertainty and messy change, uh, let's look at some things that maybe do work or at least perhaps support us in navigating a way forward. The first one is to get clear as to what's important. You know, from, from a coaching perspective, this is revisiting our values you know, getting clear as to what it is we want, you know, that coaching question 101. But change always forces us to reassess where we're at. I think it's one of the purposes of it. Um, When the ground is unstable beneath us, where do we want to put down some roots? And that's based on, you know, where we're at and what is it that we want. And I know for me, certainly the events that have rocked me, um, uh, have been a wake-up call, or that's at least how I've um, decided to view them. You know, they were, you know, they forced me to examine my life at a fundamental level and to ask some big questions. You know, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? What are my big life goals? What are my priorities? You know, in the past, it's always too easy just to get stuck in our very comfortable ruts. But now that the rut is broken, or at least shaky, Uh, there is an opportunity to refocus. 
know, I alluded to this point earlier, but the second thing that we reach for during times of change is to figure out what is within our control, because most change is not within our control. Certainly the big changes that we're facing at the minute are, are not directly within our control. We didn't instigate them at an individual level. You know, most of us, I'll put my hand up on this one too, have difficulty with uncertainty because the path forward is unclear. You know, we're looking for clarity and we don't have it. We're looking for certainty as to the next steps and we don't have it. Um, success always comes for, to those who take decisive action. But in times of uncertainty, our criteria for making decisions and taking that decisive action has to change. You know, we have to decide what we can control and take steps in that direction. Knowing what we can control and what is outside of our control gives us a sense of continuing to manage our own destiny, whilst at the same time reducing stress levels. As you know, I'm someone who reads a huge amount. And one of the books I'm reading, I'm actually looking at, the, at it at the minute, it's here beside me, is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Now, Phil Knight, some of you might know, was the founder or the co-founder of Nike. Um, it's an excellent um, uh, book because it's not written like, you know, a business book or a motivational strategy type book. It's, it's written more as an autobiography, certainly in the early stages of his life. And it's, it's very engaging, I have to say. And it is also inspiring. But there was one segment in it where Phil Knight speaks about how he does his nightly self-catechism, which is not a phrase I'd come across before, but it is, way, it is his way of contemplating a situation that he perhaps finds troubling or it's a challenge, an issue that he's facing. And uh, he gave the example in the book of how he used this little framework when the original supplier of the shoes that he was selling in the States, which, of course, were manufactured in Japan, it was probably going to break the contract with them. And he had he had five questions here, which, of course, as a coach and a, as a coach, questions are the tools of my trade. Um, I was uh, I was taking stock of them. And I think it works well here because it does help us to focus on what's within our control. So let me share these few questions with you. Uh, this, these are from the Phil Knight book, as I say, Shoe Dog. Uh, the first one, uh, what do I know? So if you contemplate the situation you're in, what do I know or what do I know for sure? Uh, what I often find with that question, it allows us to park emotions because it's very difficult to make sensible decisions when, when we're driven by our emotions. Uh, we want to be able to look at it more rationally or in a more balanced way. And that question, I think, helps. You know, what do I know? He also followed it up with a second question just to dig a little deeper. What else do I know when I contemplate this situation or this challenge? Uh, what does the future hold? Now, at a big level, we cannot answer that. We cannot predict the question or we cannot predict the, the future. But if we contemplate it in the context that you're uh, focusing on, maybe we can see a little bit of the path ahead or, or the, the trajectory of that path. So what does the future hold was question three. Question four, what would be the, the next logical step for me to take? What is step one? And then somewhat full of common sense, the next one after that was, well, what would be step two? So those last two questions are maybe getting us to contemplate uh, what actions to take. It also reminds me of that great Martin Luther King quote, 
you know, faith is taking the first step or the next step, even though you cannot see the staircase. And I think, you know, we're all facing staircases that we cannot see, um, but maybe we can we can see far enough ahead to take the first step. So three more little tips to share with you about navigating times of messy change. Uh, that last one was about knowing what's within your control. Uh, the next one is about thinking beyond ourselves. You know, no matter what our situation, there are always others who are worse off. Uh, during times of change, it is important that we have supportive communities and networks, for sure. Uh, they will be a source of solace and motivation for us, even if that's just our close family and friends. You know, whilst at the same time, we're supporting others who are in similar situations. One of the things that I find with myself, and I suppose this is with years of self-awareness and personal development work, is that when I feel pressurized, stressed, frustrated, many of those emotions that come up when we don't have certainty around the events that are going on outside us, or it's almost like sometimes I could be tempted to throw a tantrum because the world is not working the way I would like it to work. You know, that's fairly selfish when, when we think about it. So this point is about just thinking beyond ourselves. And sometimes if we can show support to others, that will come back to us. And at least it gets us out of our own mind, which oftentimes is in overdrive. Another point to never lose sight of when we're dealing with change and uh, uncertainty is to ensure that we're taking good care of ourselves. You know, I think I speak about this point in practically every podcast. I'm not sure it because it's something that I really need to learn or learn better myself. I don't know. But it, it is it does have a logical place this week when we're looking at dealing with change. You know, with the stresses and strains of modern life, now more so than ever, you know, taking care of ourselves is vital. Uh, fueling our soul is often the phrase that I like to use. You know, this means connecting with those activities that make us come alive, boost our energy, enhance our motivation and enable us to respond more effectively in, in the situations or events that life throws at us. And of course, in the last few weeks and months, we have been curtailed in reaching out to others and maybe participating in many of those activities that fuel the soul. You know, if I think of myself visiting museums or even walks in nature, you know, haven't been able to get to the same places I would normally go when I'm looking to give myself a little bit of a boost. So I've had to look at new ways of doing that. Uh, thankfully, now that I, you know, I can get to the beach, I can get to the mountains um, as a way of, of connecting with nature. You know, as I always say, nature is my church. I, I think nearly weekly, I, if I can, I'll have some post up on Instagram where that, that is one of the hashtags. Um, but contemplating ways that we can ensure we take care of ourselves as we navigate change is something that should always be on our agendas. The last little tip for dealing with change, dealing with uncertainty, might sound a little bit trite, but it's one that I know works for me. So let me share it with you. It's looking to have more fun. Now, these are not fun times we're living through. Um, and I know I've got many personal family issues going on at the minute that are not particularly fun either. So I don't want that to sound trite. But what we're looking to do is just to find the lightness in life, or as I often phrase it, just to try to, to find the moments of joy. And of course, if we try to look for them, we're more likely to see them because they are there. Um, of course, the cliche is also present. Uh, you know, laughter is the, is the best medicine. But then all cliches are based on truth. 
We can take situations that we're in seriously, but maybe we don't have to take ourselves quite as seriously. Laughter and fun are great antidotes to pressure and stress. And oftentimes we'll we'll find ourselves doing that instinctively. I know a year or so ago when there was a bereavement in my family, a close uncle had died. He'd been unwell for a while. Um, and, you know, the, the funeral was, you know, sad as all funerals are. But certainly there were times around that when I connected with people, you know, that we were we were laughing, we were reminiscing. Um, and um, I remember my, my face was sore from sort of smiling and laughing. And maybe that's just the, the yin and yang of, of life. It's how we balance things out. Um, one of the things that many of us have looked at doing when we were in our cocoons, when we were in COVID-19 lockdown, was uh, participating in activities that brought us a greater sense of calm or joy or maybe even fun. And how can we keep that going? You know, as I often think as as humans, we're habit forming creatures and habits develop into routines and sometimes routines will develop into ruts. Uh, when coping with change, we're forced to take action in new directions. And let's just see if we can bring a bit of fun or lightness into that, uh, into the new habits and routines that we're looking to forge. You know, it's not easy, but when we have a have a choice in terms of how we view things, you know, maybe that's the, the silver lining or that's how we uncover the silver lining. So before I share some closing reflections with you on the topic of dealing with messy change, let's do a quick recap. If you recall, this week's episode was inspired by the quote by Robin Sharma, all change is hard at first, messy in the middle and gorgeous at the end. Um, I know if I think back over some of the periods of change in my life, they were certainly hard. They were certainly messy. Uh, gorgeous might be a very strong word to use, but certainly something new and exciting emerged uh, on the far side of that messy messiness um, in the vast majority of cases. That's almost like that's the light at the end of the tunnel. As I was saying to some of our old approaches to work and to life, uh, no longer serve us when the world around us, when the context has changed. Uh, we can no longer assume certainty, just keeping our heads down, doing things the way we always did them is maybe no longer relevant or valid. And then maybe our old ways of managing ourselves and managing our stress levels needs a little bit of an update or an upgrade. What does work during times of uncertainty? Getting clear as to what's important to us. That's always an opportunity to rethink that. You know, what do I want? What do I value? looking at what's within my control, which of course always includes my response to the uncontrollable, maybe thinking beyond ourselves, uh, taking care of ourselves, and then as just mentioned, maybe looking for ways to find those moments of joy or those little pockets of fun where we can. Um, I always think with change, you know, you can either look at change as a betrayal of our worldview, the world order, the world the way we wanted it, um, or, you know, we use it as a, as a challenge to develop a broader perspective. Uh, when facing uncertainty and change, all we can really do is explore possibility. Uh, I don't think we have any other options because if we argue with reality, we will suffer. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you found my musings on change this week useful and thought-provoking. As ever, more information about me, James Sweetman, is available on my website, jamesweetman.com. There's always new blog articles and tip sheets, etc. 
Um, if you're not already a member of the James Sweetman community on my website, uh, do sign up because then you'll get the weekly newsletter, which is at the first week of, of every month. Um, and of course, more information is also posted regularly on all the main social media platforms. So thank you again for tuning in and until next week.